I'm Ayo Kindamila, and this is Clear Minds, Full Hearts. You know, being from Texas is one of my favorite things. A few other favorite things of mine are Ben and Jerry's salted caramel blondie ice cream, being in front of large bodies of water, and good old American football. I mean, how can I be from Texas and not love football? How can anyone be from the South and not love football? I don't even know people like that. For us, it's way more than a game. It's literally a way of life. It's hard to explain, but when you experience Southern football culture, I'm sure you'll understand. And I grew up in Dallas, literally the home of America's team. Just thinking about it makes me so happy right now. And sure, maybe we take football a bit too seriously in the South, but every year when August rolls around, pure joy fills my heart. And then every year when January and February come around, I just pray for the year to speed up and for it to be August again. Last year, I even got excited when training camp started. So I didn't have to wait one more month for the official preseason to start. I'm sure some of you think I'm a weirdo and that I have a problem. And you're right. My devotion to football is problematic and it's getting even more problematic if I'm being honest. But today is not about me. It's about Najee, another football loving human hailing from the great state of Texas. He grew up in Houston and started playing in a Pop Warner league when he was young. And like most little Pop Warner kids, he wanted to make it to the NFL. Oh, yeah, that was my goal is to play professional NFL like from the from the jump. I still feel like feel like if I trained hard enough and was given opportunity that I could still play. And African-American communities, like a lot of us, like sports is all we got, you know? We feel that's our only way out because if you think about it, in a low-income area, schools are shit, you know? They don't get the proper funding for books and all that. So And so these kids, like, we we latch on to these sports. We're like, this is the way out. Mama going to get some bread. Mama going to get in a better life. We're going to take care of the fam. So you, you latch on to this dream. And you don't, you don't know any way, like you feel like you don't know any way out, you know? Najee was determined from a really young age. He had so much pressure on him to make it to the NFL because it's more than just playing football. It's about taking care of the people that took care of you. It's about making a life and creating opportunity for yourself. So you work hard in Pop Warner. You work hard in middle school. You work hard in high school. I was a two-time MVP from a school, uh, two-time all-district selection. And, like, we had guys that were in our conference that went on to these big schools. And I feel like I should have had the same, atten- uh, same attention from a lot of these schools. Right. Granted, my high school was new. But, like, by my senior year, we were one of the top schools. I'll say we were one of the top schools in the state, especially for our area. Like, we were one of the top schools. But, like, I was, I'm small. Like, I was playing safety at that time. Athletically, in high school, like, I probably was, like, at, I was at one of my peak performances. Like I was, like I was just a freak. Like I was small. Everybody around town, and like even the coaches that did come see, like, like my film speak for itself. Like I didn't, like I was just out there making plays, just playing with my heart because I knew I was small, you know. Right. So I felt like I had to give it more. Like I just played with my heart on my sleeve. And then like I remember one of my coaches set me down. He's like, Najee, if you are six foot right now, you have every D1 college and it's across America lined up at your front door right now, mm-hmm. just like based off how you play. And then like take that on like later down during the recruiting time. Like I remember my head coach, he, he was like, we were talking about the NFL and he was like, the chances of anybody making the NFL is slum. Even going to college and playing college football, you might as well become a nurse. And he told me that, and like that set with me. Even my friends, like I told them that story, 
And that always said in the back of my head, you know? I'm not sure how Najee reacted that day, but I'm so proud of him for letting that crazy comment about being a nurse motivate him. When he saw his head coach wasn't going to support his dream of going D1 and making it to the NFL, he decided to go after it on his own. So he started researching schools and coaches. You got to research your coaches like they research you. Some just don't mess with guys your size, which is majority of college football. You know, yeah. it's not too many guys my size that play. And I feel like if we are sp like this size and we play, damn near give them a chance because they got to be something special about us. I mean, think about Tyron Matthew. Right. He's not that much bigger than me. Right. Real rare. Like there's not too many guys our size, even on the offensive side of the ball. Like you have, you have smaller guys like um, Texas Tech. They have they known for having smart receivers like Danny Amendola. They had uh, Wes Walker. Like I feel like if it's a small guy and they got some type of athletic ability, give him a chance. After all his research and visiting with schools and coaches, Najee decides to attend Houston Baptist University. He spends one year there and then sets his eyes on the University of Oklahoma. So in true Najee fashion, he starts making calls using his connections and figures out how to get to Oklahoma. Jerry Montgomery which he was a D-line coach there, and he re he was responsible for recruiting our area. And I just gave him a rundown. I was like, look, I'm looking to go somewhere and play. I'm trying to come to OU. It's not easy. I just okay. I feel like I got lucky because these college coaches don't – they like, it's hard to get to them. Okay. Like, honestly, you know, they get thousands of emails. They get thousands of stuff from players calling them, and plus they're trying to go after the guys they do want, you know, so it's right. like they're not really focused on you. Honestly, the reason why I feel like I got lucky because it was during the time Dakota was having his recruiting process because he haven't decided. He didn't decide. So I don't know if that's had to play or nothing, but I just loved it. I just talked to Mr. Coach Montgomery, and I was just like, hey, I'm looking somewhere to go. He's like, yeah, we'll, we'll have you up at OU, like, like, yeah, come on, come visit. So I went to the spring game. This was, like, before right. summer hit. Went to the spring game, right. and a friend of mine that I played with at HBU, his brother played at OU, named Rashad Favors. So when I went up there for my visit, he toured me around the school, the locker room, and introduced me to the coaches. I met Coach Stoops, and then I came home. So I was like, okay, this is cool. Like, I, I'm definitely going to go here now. And just like that, he got on the team as a transfer walk-on. So basically, the moral of the story is shoot your shot. Make sure it's calculated and not aimless, but shoot the hoe. It takes a certain type of grit to be this bold, and in my opinion, it serves you every time. But also, when you make it into these big arenas, please understand the pressure will be on. The grit can't stop just because you made it in. If I had to do, I had to be on my P's and Q's, especially as a walk-on, you can't mess up not one time. And you, uh, if you mess up one time, that could be the end, you know? Like, I had that pressure sitting on me. And then just, like, certain things weren't going my way, and I noticed that they wanted these guys to play, you know? So, like, they really, like, those guys naturally jumped me just because those are the guys they recruited, you know? But anyway, take it back to that. So they jumped me, so I'm, like, mentally, I'm like, you know what? Like, what the hell is going on, you know? Like, screw all this. We're going to fall camp my second year. Uh, I think they were shortheading at running backs for drills, and so... They told me to go play running back from the drill, and I, like, literally that drill, like, I ate up everybody. And then my position coach, Coach Boer, was like, hey, yo, we're shorthanded here. Can you come play running back for us? So, like, I was doing good. I didn't have, like, all the techniques, like, of guys like Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan because those are the guys I'm paying behind. You got Joe Mixon, Samaj P. Ryan, Alex Smith. You even had, uh, god dang, uh, you had a young Ronnie Anderson. 
and we had uh, Keith Ford. Like that was back when before Keith Hurt got Ford got hurt, he was really like finding his stride as a running back before he got hurt. So like I had all those guys in front of me. So literally during that time, I had no pressure of like trying to play like right away. You know, like I understood what my role was. So. What I did, I was like, all right, I'm going to take this as an opportunity to work myself so by the time I become like a junior, senior, I can be at least a guy that will be in a rotation somehow, somewhere. Dreams really do come true. And at this point, Najee's on his way to making it to the NFL. And that one coach that told him to become a nurse, I'm glad he didn't listen to him. Najee's finding his groove on the field and his tunnel vision, like most great athletes are. But at this point, he's also a student and a kid with other major responsibilities, like classes and taking care of himself. College was a whirlwind for me. Like, it was full of different experience, like good and bad, you know? Like, there's a lot of stuff like that went on behind the scenes that probably a lot of people in my circle, besides like my closest friends, they didn't even like, they didn't even know about like, I was on the brink of like, being I wouldn't say homeless but because I feel like I'm a survivor and I'm gonna find out not to be homeless we end up getting this big nice house like the bills and everything was in my name and stuff like that so I feel like I carried that burden in the house because everybody looked to me to lead you know and like and before like me and my like me and my roommates we all like like we're brothers cousins and friends so it's like we had it like our rough moment in that time period like we disbanded just because like Stuff just got get start getting out of hand, you know, and it's just like we were trying to learn to be young adults, and it was just like we had no guidance during that time. I was just like sinking, but like I was having fun while I was sinking. Like I was, I was sinking the ship, but like I was, I was partying on the way down, you know. Like it was like I was having fun with my misery. There is such a culture of partying on college campuses, and it's fun. I mean, don't get me wrong, I did it. It's a lot of fun, but the reality is. It's something that is frequently used to numb pain, like emotional pain, or to distract you, or to relieve stress. But basically, partying is this thing that really doesn't allow you to focus on taking care of yourself and the things that you need to do so that you're taken care of. Najee was under a lot of stress and pressure and he needed to have fun and he needed to release stress. But the constant partying was really more hurtful to him than beneficial. And then in 2018, things changed drastically. 2018, it was like a rough year for me in a sense, like just personally and internally, because like a lot of people look at me as like a very like a a bright happy person you know Mm -hmm. which that is true like I'm a very optimistic person but like all like I just leading up to 2018 like I just carried a lot of baggage with me and just on top of like it was just like a lot of baggage and just like like I didn't I didn't really know myself and I didn't really I felt like I didn't really know myself and then where everything came to a head that's when I kind of like realized it I was just having all these different type of like psychotic episodes and um I was playing I was playing this was like post football like going into rugby so like I had like a lot of stress like that was coming from football as well that came on top of this stress coming from school that was on top of this family family stress on top of this so like it was just piling on so like me like as far as I was working hard because in a sense like I was like feel like I want to elevate my family, get them to a better pace. But during that, like, I wasn't taking care of myself. I just, like, completely broke down to the point that where my rugby coaches, 
and the coaching staff as well as my friends like they got really concerned and like they took me in uh, for like a mental health evaluation yeah so like I spent I probably spent like I remember it was like during the big 12 championship week I believe I was like I was I spent my time in a mental health hospital and like they're just doing all these different evals on me and and that was like the first time I went in like I've been in the mental health hospital probably like in this probably like three or four times so the first time that's when like they diagnosed me they said I have uh they said I'm bipolar one psychosis I have mild anxiety and they let me know that I was schizophrenic so like to me like when I first like was like hearing all that you know just like with the stigma with like all the mental health cases I was just like you know just like nah like like I was like whatever like I'm not because like coming from like a black background like I was not trying to speak for all but like and like I noticed in my like communities in a sense like they like they don't take mental health seriously you know and two is like even like in an emotional side like we taught to like keep our emotions in check be very like straight robotic you know so like I feel like growing up over time just because I had that I had that instilled with me coming from sports and all that it's just like it just took time for all this just ran stream ahead into 2018 and I just like completely like collapsed like I had multiple like I had multiple episodes like during the span of like 2018 and like they were they were they were pretty they were pretty I would say the first few weren't bad but like it got bad and then I'll end up going back to the hospital again you know like for instance with the schizophrenia I didn't want to believe it you know in a sense because I'm like hot like hang on now and just say I'm schizophrenic then like I talked to the therapist like we just we did the receipts of my life you know just the receipts of my life and just like from even my interactions in the classroom like we touched on that and just like she asked me how do I feel like as far as like me thinking and talking and just different stuff like that and like a lot of the symptoms that they were saying are symptoms of schizophrenia or the things that like they checked off all the box you know and then like just through that time I just like came to terms with it you know and just took all the teachings that they taught me and try to use it in a way to like better myself. I broke down one time. I broke down and cried. Like it was recently. Cause like I just like one day I started reflecting of like all my little past troubles. Like before I knew like about the whole schizophrenia thing. Like cause I remember like I get in trouble. Like I get in trouble just because like I really like thought something happened, you know? It really didn't, you know? What a journey this young man has been on. Battling with mental health is and can be very challenging, especially when you're away from home, away from your family. But for most people, that's when really severe symptoms start to show, when you move away from what's familiar. There was just so much pressure that Najee had on himself during this time. And because I'm a therapist and I love talking about mental health, We'll just do an episode in two weeks that really goes into a lot of the disorders that Najee mentioned in this episode and just my thoughts on athletes and mental health in general. So come back, come back in two weeks and learn more about mental health and about athletes. My name is Ayo Kindumila, and this was Clear Minds, Full Hearts. Thank you so, 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 so much to all the amazing athletes that sit with us and tell us their stories and allow their stories to be broadcast all over the world. 
Thank you to all the studios that have had us that we get to record in and all the cool people that we meet along the way. And a super special thank you to Kalia Fratacangeli. She's the cool producer that makes this show happen. And if you're not already following us on Instagram, open up the app, type in clearminds.fullheartspodcast and hit the follow button. See you guys in two weeks.